0: Hello, lovely listeners. Annie McManus here with something a little different for you today. I wanted to pop on to tell you about a podcast called This City, hosted by my pal and colleague and now brilliant dancer, cousin Strictly Come Dancing, Clara ampho The podcast is dedicated to the people, the places and the stories of the city she loves and I love it too, which is of course London. Each week Clara speaks to a special guest about their time living in the city, everything from their first nights out clubbing, their favourite spots to grab a bite and of course horror stories about the night bus. I just love London. I remember when I used to do a breakfast show years ago and I used to have to get the tube from East London into Camden every day and you'd get into Central and all the goths would come on the tube at about five in the morning after being out all night. So you'd go from being in an empty tube carriage to a completely full tube carriage full of of heavily made up goths and it would be like whoa okay i've just entered a new planet and that's part of why i love london just the whole mix and melting pot of people creeds cultures it's um it's like a little microcosm of the whole world and i love living there so series one of This City featured conversations with brilliant guests. Louis Theroux was on there, Reggie Yates, the Sugar Babes and Sophia Webster. And this season deep dives into the stories of more special guests, including Alex Scott, Munya Chihuahua and Zadie Smith. So I'm going to play you a clip from the new season. If you like what you hear, search This City on Apple, Spotify, CastBox and all the other major podcast platforms. And you can download new episodes every Tuesday. All right, enter the podcast, This City with Clara Ampho.
1: Hello there, I'm Clara Ampho and welcome back to This City, a podcast dedicated the stories, the places and the people of our wonderful capital city, London. Now each episode I'll be talking to some of the city's most recognisable names, whether they were born here or have made it their second home to hear their very own love letter to London. All right, so this week I'm going to be talking to someone who was an England footballer, has made history as a pundit, has also graced a Strictly dance floor, so I think that, you know, that makes us sisters now. Um, She's an incredible broadcaster, and apart from a couple of spells in Birmingham and in the USA, is a London lifer. I'm so very happy to welcome to this city, athlete broadcaster and all around babe, Alex Scott. (laughs) Alex, I'm happy to have you on the podcast because you, for me, are so much of what this podcast is about. Um, Your story is incredible. But the great thing I like about you is when I was doing research is that you don't give interviews often. So I
2: know that this is this is an exclusive. Yeah, That's true. For me, it's just someone I have to do interviews with someone who I connect with. And that gets kind of me and my personality, someone who I can vibe off, and I don't know on just similar lines, so straight away, I wanted to do this podcast with you. Well, I appreciate you being a chatty patty with me. Thank you. Very much.
1: <laughs> um, let's Alex, talk to me talk to me about like where we're chatting to you like right now, so you're in your flat, I presume.
2: Yes, I have. Do you know what? I'm laughing because obviously I've got a friendship with Michelle Visage and I lived in America for three years. And then so when anyone says it's my flat, I'm like, no, I live in an apartment. And they're like, oh, please, you're from London. And <laughs> I love the word that I live in an apartment. You live in a flat. OK. <laughs> <laughs> it's mad. <madder. laughs> I grew up in the east end of London, in a flat, in a tower building, and I still refer to that as my flat. But now, like, I feel like I'm adulting. I'm in an apartment, OK? Babe, you're in a flat. You're still not having it, no? You're, you're in a flat. So you grew, you grew up in east. Whereabouts did you grow up? Uh, right next to, it's uh, called Poplar near the Blackwell Tunnel actually listening to one of your old podcasts with Jade it was funny when she's because that's my area she was talking about how she lives like around Canary Wharf and obviously when I grew up there you had none of that no one wanted to really live in like the east end of London you wanted to get as far away as possible so when I hear people talk about London and how cool and trendy like Shoreditch and everything is to me it blows my mind to see all that development around there. Yeah, because as, as a little
1: kid, like, what, what, were you, what were you seeing? What was the East London that, that you knew compared to, like,
2: you know, what we see now? Oh, I always tell people, for me, growing up on a council estate that I did, it's not a sob story because I smile. I have so many good, like, memories. It's made me the person I am coming from where I am. But there was nothing. I had, obviously, I went into football, a football cage, Concrete, nothing around us, next to just these big, massive gaswork chambers. and that was kind of my estate. And then everyone expects you not to amount to much because of they know where you come from. But for me, I just had so many dreams, and I knew there was more than the East End of London. And then so as soon as I got into football, that was kind of my thing that I didn't want to let go of, because I knew I could go and meet different people, travel the world and just see this whole thing that I was out of this football cage.
1: That's so interesting what you say. And I, and I love this point you make, the fact that just because you come from a council estate, it wasn't all doom and gloom. Because I think like mainstream media in particular, and I think this narrative that always that has, that has always sort of been around is that if you are from a working class background, particularly if you grew up in social housing, then your life just must have been like misery from start to finish.
2: Yeah, but it's not the trick. Don't get me wrong. Like, my single parent family, like, it is all there. We struggle. My mum struggled to have, like, milk in the fridge sometimes. But we had so many happy memories as well. Like my mum just managing to like cook basic like egg and chips for dinner. But we weren't complaining. Do you know, like we had so many fun times. And I think there's so many people that, well, you know, you have to have a baby to get a council house. And they don't drum into you that actually there are opportunities if you can go out and reach them. That doesn't have to be you. So I don't understand like how you saying that has to be the narrative of people or, well, well Okay, well, she's just going to like go and sign on and do this because she's got no aspirations. Everyone in the council said you do have aspirations to go and be something. I guess it's just about who supports it, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I guess also what I want to talk to you about was the support. Like what gave you, I guess,
2: the push to go for that alternative route? The one that wasn't expected of you. This could be actually funny. I remember a story. Do you know way back when, when when video cassettes, you had to watch video on video cassettes. Every Christmas, Disney used to put out this advertisement about wanting to go to Disneyland and you could phone this number for a free video. And I used to phone up without my mum's permission and pretend it was her and be like so they sent me the video basically in the post and Clara every Christmas I used to sit and dream about going to Disneyland and then just see this magic world out there that I never knew was beyond the East End and literally that was it I was like I want to go and visit these places there's some magical things going on in the world and so like I said when I got signed for Arsenal I then ventured to North London and there was like these different kind of people I was meeting and having different conversations and then I'd go on like these little football trips up to Nottingham and I I'm at the north of the country not even north but you know I was like going up the M1 so I think it was then just my like interest for life was just growing and growing with different people I was meeting but it all came from that Disney video. Well so Disney basically gave you that gave you the dream (laughs) to get out of to get out of Poplar. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah and I only ever went to Disneyland last year was my first time when I went over to LA and was it the happiest place on earth I actually cried because I remembered that little girl <laughs> sitting in a bedroom just watching and dreaming of going to Disney World yeah you look you, you manifested that you manifested that thanks thanks um, talk to
1: see? about your mum you mentioned like she made you like egg and, egg and chips dinner just for example yep. so your mum where is she from she is she London born and bred as well
2: Still, East End of London, where I grew up, she's there. My brother's still there. And, yeah, my mum is my absolute hero. Whenever I do do interviews, everyone kind of knows my because I always mention my mum. And I'm just so grateful for her because it would have been very easy for her to push me on another path. There's no career in football for women. But she could see it was giving me something and just everything that she's had to overcome in her life as well. She is just my ultimate role model, someone that shows strength and adversity, but just how kind and loyal and the great human being she is. And that's how I'm just like, my mum to me is just everything.
1: No, look, she she sounds amazing. And obviously you answer whatever you feel comfortable with, of of course, because, you know, I think one thing that um, I speak about a lot on the podcast, and it's just has come up a lot of is, is like race and class. Yeah. London is such a beautiful metropolitan city. It is, it is the melting pot. It is all these positive things that, that we say. I'm not saying it's perfect, yeah, by any way, shape, or form, whether it's people that have been born here or people that have, you know, made it their second home. Which I say in in, in, in the intro. I guess the continuing theme of the show is that people have found safety in community. They have found yeah. safety with with different cultures. Next one, then obviously you're you're a mixed race woman.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Surprise! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, I forgot. <laughs> you know, it's been a great year of learning. Like, for me as a black woman, I am very, very aware and very careful about not speaking for mixed-race people because it's not my place to and I want to learn from you. You know, mm-hmm. as a mixed-race woman growing up in East London, like, 80s, 90s, like, noughties, what was your experience? Because you mentioned, like, your, your mum's a single mother and mm-hmm. from my experience and from what, I, what I've perceived, you know, um, to be a white woman bringing up a black child in, in a particular time in history, and let's just be honest, still now... Um, some white women can be be looked at in a particular way. Like, what was your experience with your mum growing up?
2: Exactly that. She knew that when we talk about racism, and I've learned a lot this year, and I've realised I'm still learning, and my eyes and ears are so open, more than ever, I have to admit, by not by pointing fingers at anyone else, but for me wanting to grow as a human being and learn more as well. And I think I went through a time growing up with my mum, how you just said, the looks that she would get, the comments that she would get and the same thing, oh, we told you that was going to happen, you know, because she was with my dad. And then when he left, when I was young, that she's a white woman raising two black kids on a council estate, you know, and, and struggling. But I think what my mum did was try to protect us from it. So it's that very much the elephant in the room, which we've still to this day and age it's the same. We didn't know how to have a conversation about it. So me and my brother grew up not having that conversation about it. It wasn't spoken about in school. And so I just still grew up with all this racism and everything around me, but I had no conversations. So it's not until this year. And then actually, the, some of the stuff that I've gone through, so even with football, which was very much... Yeah, I'd get it from some parents how they would look at me, single parent families, kind of that feeling sorry for me. I've never ever felt sorry for myself. I don't need someone else to feel sorry for me. I'm all right. I'm in my happy place. But the same situations, like I was that black kid that didn't have a parent on the side. But even though my mum's doing everything to make sure I get my football boots and like I absolutely love her for it. And so, yeah, what I'm saying is like the same thing. I went from being in one environment to maybe coming back to the East end of London and I wasn't white enough to be over here and I wasn't black enough sometimes to be here. And then so thinking about it all this year, I went through a whole thing of being confused, to be honest, and asking myself questions. Well, actually, what am I? Actually, where do I fit? What group of people do I gravitate to and why? Um, And then only kind of learning this year. I'm just me. I'm comfortable with who I am or not trying to fit in, but actually still using my voice more. And this is where I reached out to you. As soon as you was putting posts up and I was reading, it was making me look at myself more and raise those questions and ask them where before maybe I was not scared to. But I was like, do I have a voice because I am mixed race? Like, where do I fit? Oh, I shouldn't be saying that where actually we all need to be asking more questions. Absolutely. And I, and I wanted to ask, this, you know, within the city, how did you growing up,
1: If I mean, because just based on what you just said and, like, you know, in your in your current state now, how have you navigated, like, where to, I guess, find your culture, like, in London, like, whether it's, you know, through, like, food or, like, where you used to go raving, like, like how yeah. did you
2: sort of, like, I guess, find yourself culturally growing up? Oh, it's great. My nan's from Jamaica, And then so every week I because same, my mum didn't have a clue how to deal with my afro hair or what to do with it. So every Sunday before school Monday, I used to have to go to my nan's and my nan would sit for hours washing my hair, plaiting my hair, telling me all about my hair care and how I need to look after it now for years to come so I have healthy hair. And so she used to sit and tell me stories about growing up in Jamaica, what it was like. So most of my education came from those hours spent with my nan and she passed away two years ago. And I realised I was so close to her and I actually, I missed that because she would try to teach me how to cook uh, Jamaican food or why it's important to see of my chicken and all the oh exactly you better wash, like, that, you better wash that chicken as well <laughs> but that's a big lot i never had anyone around me besides my nan trying to teach me about that culture i grew up my mum r&b soul music mary j blige going to all the concerts because my mum loved that music so i was just trying to find my own way no i t- t- totally i can i can see little alex I can. <laughs> yeah. I, can no,
1: I can. I can see. I, w- I want to go more into that. like. So, where was your nan taking you in London? What was your sort yeah. of rituals like with your nan, and whereabouts in town were they happening?
2: So, my nan, um, she lived in Wapping. So she would literally, it would be like walking to market stalls, her explaining to me about food and just about life and then telling me all about my hair and just everything about it. I just absolutely loved. And I'm actually doing a program later on this year to actually find out more, to go over to Jamaica, to understand, because I still don't know. Besides her stories, I really don't know. Besides how you say, finding my culture through music or people that I'm meeting. And I think, Joe, because of where I've, grown up and just my background I think that's what's given me my passion for life and meeting people and having conversations because I'm someone that just always wants to learn. For sure like like when you were when you were growing up on the estate like what what was
1: like the mix of kids like was it was it mainly white kids was it black kids were there Asian kids like what, what was
2: the makeup? Uh, yeah so different a lot of Asian kids, uh, black kids, because I went to school with Dizzy Rascal. I'm hey, Dizzy, Yeah, so, like, it was all about that time when private radio stations were coming in rids that I'd be hanging out with all the boys, so I'd have that pocket of friends. And then I'd be in a football bubble, which was more like girls that went to private school and everything, and there's me, like, trying to fit in and, like, change the way that I'm speaking, because I'm this Cockney girl. But then I'd come <laughs> back to London, and they're like, oh, you've changed. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm too Cockney to be with the posh kids and like I'm coming back to London and now they're saying I'm too posh wow so (laughs) you you
1: really were living like
2: um, a parallel life across like race and class yeah but I wouldn't change any of it you know I would not change any of it
0: okay that's it that's This City with Clara Ampho search for it on Apple, Spotify,
2: Castbox and all other podcast platforms and download new episodes every Tuesday see ya